This is the Immigration Conversation presented by Fragman, a series of talks and discussions by leading immigration lawyers and professionals from around the world. We'll bring you the most up-to-date business immigration news, issues of concern, and strategies in the world of global immigration and mobility. Welcome, everyone. I'm Kenny Lau, partner at Fragman Singapore, and you're listening to the Immigration Conversation. In the past year or so, we've mostly delved into topics related to COVID-19 and its impact on immigration across our countries in the Asia-Pacific region, for obvious reasons. But for today, we're going to take a break from that theme, thankfully. And to give you an idea of what we're talking about today, this podcast episode is titled A Different Ball Game, Esports and the Korean E6 Visa. This is actually a follow-up discussion to our Korea team's recent blog entitled Getting Ahead of the Game on the same topic. It should be interesting to see how the exciting and dynamic field of esports intersects with our immigration practice in South Korea, which as many esports fans would know is the esports capital of the world. This episode will focus on how we've actually been able to expand our service offering in Korea in this niche field. This episode should be of particular interest to multinational companies or MNCs who are looking to send their esports teams into Korea, but may be intimidated by what is required from the immigration side, and also to esports enthusiasts in general who have an appreciation for how foreign gaming teams come to Korea to compete. Joining us today from our South Korea team is our manager, Angela de Guzman, who will be moderating this discussion, and consultant Faye Amarado, who will be sharing her views from the case team's perspective. We also want to thank our co-counsel from South Korea, Jung An, the partner who heads the corporate immigration practice at Kim Cheng Lee, for joining us today to share his valuable insights with us as well. So with that, I'll hand it over to the team. It's great to be here, Angela. Thank you for having me. Hi, Kenny. Hi, Jong. Hi, Angela. And to everyone tuned in. Hi, Jong and Faye. Thanks for the intro, Kenny. So we have quite some ground to cover today on our topic, which I agree is uncharted territory in terms of immigration discussions. So for the benefit of our listeners, Faye, could you lay a bit of background on why we have chosen to talk about esports in this podcast? Yeah, sure, Angela. Well, we actually discussed a lot of topics with Jong, and for this podcast, we just wanted to do something different and something exciting. So as you know, Bay Esports is a multi-billion dollar industry, which has the attention of um, millions of fans worldwide. I mean, it is huge. And Korea actually has a big part to play when we speak of esports, because it is renowned to have this massive online and IT infrastructure army of elite esports players and also the capabilities to host the biggest gaming event. And while Kenny did say that we are kind of veering away from the pandemic in our discussion today, it is actually still worth mentioning that with the physical limitations posed by the pandemic, especially on more traditional forms of sports, it only served to boost the success of esports through this time. And the hot property that it is, many multinational companies have actually taken strong interest in esports. You know, wanting to participate by bringing in their own teams into Korea, where many high-profile esports tournaments are actually held. From an immigration perspective, the relevant long-term visa for esports professionals and their entourage is actually the E6 Culture and Entertainment Visa, or the E6 Visa, which I must highlight is very technical and not so easy to obtain. 
Faye, I hear you on the demand for E6 visa assistance, which is also a point that Cheng has been raising for some time now. We were aware of this demand for E6 visa assistance from multinational companies, but up until this year, the E6 visa was not necessarily a part of our Korean Immigration Service offerings. So to this point, Cheng, can you explain why we had decided to finally offer E6 visa support where we were not doing so years back? Sure. Thank you, Angela. As you know, Fragoman and Kim Chang Lee have a very busy corporate immigration practice together for South Korea. And we're focused on corporate long-term visas, such as the international expat assignment visas, like the D7 or D8, and the local hire visas, like the E7, to name a few. So far, We've had tremendous success with our business immigration practice, which is the largest in Korea. But in the background, aside from our regular corporate visa work, we were also getting a lot of requests for E6 visa assistance. So over time, we started looking into the E6 visa more to develop a new E6 service product. And this year, when Fragoman approached us with a major client that are needed our assistance for the E6 visa, we were ready to take on that challenge. Why do you think uh, multinational companies are persistent in approaching us for E6 visa support? Well, I think multinationals strongly prefer to work with sophisticated corporate law firms over local non-law firm visa agencies. Uh, and there are a few reasons for this. One is that multinationals wish to work with law firms that have full bilingual English and Korean capacity, uh, such as firms like ours. And another point, perhaps, is that multinationals also expect a certain service level standard and sophistication which traditional law firms like Fragoman and Kim Chan Lee have. Uh, we are very familiar with what multinationals prefer. Uh, for example, uh, the ability to draft complex English legal documents and the sophistication in dealing in data privacy matters. So we had been receiving repeated requests to assist with the E6 visa, and we also noticed that no other major corporate law firm in Korea was offering this E6 service. So it was an exciting challenge to us to actually take that first step and expand our capabilities and start offering E6 visa assistance, which, as Faye already noted, is difficult to obtain. You know, I'm surprised to hear you describe something as difficult. Given the depth of your um, experience with Korean immigration, Zhang, so can you just elaborate more on what makes the E6 visa particularly difficult to obtain? Sure. Uh, for starters, you have to keep in mind that the E6 visa is a completely different ballgame. It's so different and so much more stringent than regular corporate visas. Most importantly, before the E6 visa application can even be filed, we have to first secure a government recommendation letter from the Korean Esports Association, known as KESPA. KESPA is the agency under the Korean Ministry of Culture, Sports, and Tourism that oversees 
administrative matters relating to the esports world in Korea. The CESPA recommendation letter requirement does not apply to other regular corporate visas, and it's what makes the E6 visa so difficult to obtain compared to other corporate visas. The CESPA recommendation letter, I would say, is basically a government certificate evidencing that CESPA has reviewed the qualifications of the esports player so that the immigration office can have the comfort to grant that person an E6 visa without conducting a separate evaluation of qualifications. So you can say it's like an E6 pre-approval letter. However, uh, keep in mind that since CESPA is not the immigration office, it has a different style of approach to documentary requirements, which are much more burdensome than typical immigration office requirements. Thus, the key to getting the E6 visa is to change your mindset from the typical regular corporate visa context and adapt to the much more stringent CESPA requirements. And in order to get the recommendation letter, you also need to submit an employment agreement. And this is not straightforward and needs to satisfy stringent criteria of CESPA. Where a foreign multinational is involved, it's difficult for local agencies that only service Korean companies to draft sophisticated contracts like the employment agreement for MNCs, which typically have picky internal contracting requirements. This is where Fragment and Kim Chang Lee can add a lot of value. And I could go on with more reasons, but clearly this process is highly complex compared to other corporate visas, which is also why there's real value added in the assistance we are now able to provide in the niche market of E6 visas for multinational companies. And if I can just add to that, Angela, this is a new service offering from the Korea team side. I was then keen to understand why the rules applicable for E6 visa applications are much stricter compared to the standard corporate visa applications. It appears that the government just wants to ensure that for this specific visa category, only the most qualified and the best esports players in the world are coming to Korea for the E6 visa. So essentially, it's a special visa reserved for the most elite esports players in the world. So the government really wants to you know, ensure that there's a very rigorous vetting process. Another thing to keep in mind is that when a multinational company sends a team, there needs to be a sensible ratio between the actual video gaming players and the rest of the underage, such as the coach, managers, and commentators. So this is challenging being a new territory for us, service which may be somewhat outside of our comfort zone, but it has also provided us a new avenue for growth, especially in the important advisory work that we do. You know, uh, these details and challenges that you speak of do drive home the point that these esports visa applications are not straightforward and do command a high degree of expertise. On that note, Faye, can you explain to our listeners what is the scope of assistance and support that we at Fragomen, along with our co-counsel, can provide on E6 visa applications? Well, basically, we provide comprehensive support from end to end. So together with Kim Chang Lee, we will first confer with the client to review the facts and provide an assessment on the E6 eligibility. Once that is confirmed and that the E6 visa is appropriate, we can then provide guidance on the application requirements and the process. Most importantly, though, 
Um, we also coordinate with the KESPA in obtaining the required government recommendation letter. And clients really need expert guidance on how to comply with the very stringent documentary requirements. There is really a lot that goes into it, but we're proud to say that we've been quite successful with this new E6 service and we're looking forward to doing more. Thanks, Faye. It's an exciting time to be able to expand our capabilities in supporting our global clients this way. And it's also rewarding to be successful in such a short span of time since we started assisting with this new service only quite recently. So speaking of success, Jung, what are your observations on what is key to a successful E6 visa application? I would say the success in getting the E6 visa largely depends on how skilled you are in meeting KESPA's requirements to get the government recommendation letter, which, as I said, is needed to apply for the E6 visa. So if you get the KESPA recommendation letter, then it's basically an assurance you'll get the E6 visa. It's like 90% of the work is done on an E6 case if you get that recommendation letter. The rest is just a formality. Thank you for your insights, Jung. Just out of curiosity, are you an esports fan? And how was it like working with the players and the entourage? Well, to be frank with you, I didn't have a big interest in esports until I started advising clients on the E6 visa. But I can tell you, my 10 year old son is a huge video game fan. I think most, if not all of us, have at least one family member at home who is hooked with video gaming. That is absolutely relatable. But of course, we won't be naming names. Zhang, you were saying about your son being a big gaming fan? Yeah. Uh, speaking of my young son, uh, one thing I noticed when handling a big group of E6 visa cases recently is that most of the players were very young, in their teens and early 20s. And the manager of the team, who wasn't very old himself, he was only in his late 20s, told me that he was the oldest person on the team and he was sort of a big brother figure to the rest of the players and the coach. He said the lifespan of esports players tends to be very short, starting in the teens and ending in the 20s. And it was very interesting to me that in the context of regular corporate visas, the immigration office tends to frown on applicants who are very young. But in the context of esports, I noticed that the most highly skilled workers in esports are those who are very young, in their teens and early 20s. That's really interesting insider insight right there, John. And that supports why we say that esports is indeed a different ballgame from what we've been used to in our many years of practice. And the expertise that we speak of here is not only about knowing the technical aspects of the immigration requirements, but more importantly, having this deep understanding of the industry we are operating in as well. All right, so we've had a really productive discussion today, and it's always heartening to be part of something new, even if that entails, well, stepping outside of our comfort zones. I agree, Angela. We knew that there were recurring requests for assistance in esports for the E6 visa, and that was the main driver for this expansion in our capabilities now. I mean, I don't know if Zhang has any regrets in taking this new work on, which adds to his already heavy workload, and I'll let him speak on that. But from my side, it is quite an exciting time. 
Oh, no regrets at all. And I'm really grateful that our clients have entrusted us with the E6 visa work. I think it's really thrilling that we're doing something different for an exciting industry that is just exploding in terms of popularity and all the revenue that is generated. So there's a huge demand for E6 services these days from multinational companies. And I think our new expertise in the E6 visa is going to be a game changer for multinational companies in the esports world in Korea. And as the esports industry grows, we will adapt and continue to roll out additional esports related application and advisory service products as the need arises. So in a nutshell, what we are actually saying is that to all the multinational companies out there who have been requesting our assistance with this, we are ready and, you know, please bring it on. Thank you very much, Bay Jung, for your valuable insights today. And that is all the time that we have for now. I also want to thank our listeners for tuning in. Thanks, Angela. Thanks, Jung. Thank you, and I look forward to our next one. Definitely, there will be a next one. If any of you have questions, please visit our website and feel free to contact our Korea team. Thank you everyone for tuning in to our episode today, A Different Ballgame, Esports in the Korean E6 Visa. Please follow us on LinkedIn and our website www.fragamen.com for the latest updates and content from the series. Again, this has been the Immigration Conversation by Fragamen. The Immigration Conversation podcast is presented by Fragment, the leading firm dedicated exclusively to immigration services worldwide. This episode is current as of the date of recording. With frequent changes in global immigration, be sure to keep up to date by visiting our website at www.fragamen.com and subscribing to the Immigration Conversation on your favorite podcast service to hear the latest episode. This podcast is for informational purposes only. This podcast does not constitute legal advice or give rise to an attorney-client relationship between any listener and our firm. If you have any questions, please contact the Global Immigration Professional with whom you work at Fragamen.